Hello, this is Rabbi Mark Soloway. Welcome to A Dash of Drush, weekly reflections on our world through the lens of Torah. Every day it seems that the world bombards us, assaults us, terrifies us with reminders of how frightening and fragile and vulnerable this human life is. Just reeling from the the horrors of the the mass shooting in Las Vegas and so many so many things that could be said about that on all kinds of, of levels but just the enormity of it and the horror of it and the brutality of it and here we are in the Jewish calendar in this kind of liminal space between Yom Kippur and Sukkot where tomorrow night on Wednesday night we are as it were commanded to enter into this knowingly fragile space of a sukkah and for seven days to to dwell in a space that is consciously temporary and fleeting it's explicit the Talmud says that for all seven days of Sukkot we're supposed to make uh, that which we would normally consider to be impermanent, permanent or fixed, keva, and our homes that we think of as permanent structures become awry, become temporary. This, this flip of normal consciousness, this idea that we go outside in this fall weather, which right here in Colorado is pretty unpredictable and there's been a lot of a lot of rain and that we go out into these flimsy huts decorated with aspects of nature and whatever else we might choose to put into our sukkah and some people have the tradition of taking their fine furniture and their best um, their best plates and dishes and all of that into the sukkah to really be in that space It feels right now in the aftermath of horrific hurricanes and the shooting in in Las Vegas that just that the idea somehow seems counterintuitive. The idea that we're going to go into this festival, which the rabbis tell us is Zman Simchatenu, the season of our rejoicing, the ultimate joy according to our tradition the ultimate joy is Sukkot and how can we go into that space of joy knowing what a what a terribly terribly painful and broken world we live in and I think that the answer is is somewhat obvious in the sense that it's not joy in a superficial sense and it's not joy in a sense that forgets the pain of the world it's joy in the sense that I referred to it in a previous podcast on the subject of joy the idea in that amazing quote from Kierkegaard that it's a sort of 
it takes religious courage to rejoice. It's part of what religious courage is to, to rejoice. This idea that in spite of what's going on in the world, in spite of what I might be feeling in my own life, in spite of whatever funk I might be in, I'm going to knowingly enter into that space with my full being. The Torah says, Shivat Yamim Teshvu, like for seven days you will dwell in the Sukkah. And there's different ideas about what that means, dwelling in the Sukkah. One source says you have to eat at least 14 meals over the course of Sukkot in your Sukkah. Other people say you should sleep in your Sukkah, you know, whatever the, the traditions are around it. But it's this idea that it's a fully embodied mitzvah. There's the famous Mishnah debate between Hillel and Shammai about if, if part of your body is in the Sukkah and part of your body is in the house, it's a very complicated image to to describe but like if you most of your body is in the sukkah but you have a sukkah that's attached to your house and part of your body is in the house have you fulfilled being in a sukkah or not be not fulfilled being in a sukkah and um you know according to uh, to shammai you say no um who always he always has the stricter opinion and hillel says yes it's one of the few times that the halakha actually goes according to shammai because in order to fulfill the mitzvah of sukkah, of being in a sukkah, you have to be in the sukkah with your full, full body and your full self and your full consciousness. It's one of three mitzvot, actually, that can be done, can only be done with a full a full body. The other two are aliyah to Eretz Yisrael, going to Israel, which of course you have to go with your full body, and mikvah, where you immerse in a body of water with your whole body. And the third is this, is sukkah, being fully in. It's really an exercise in, in presence, as well as the other aspects of sukkah. It's an idea that whatever is going on in my life, whatever is going on in this world, there's something so powerful to say, you will rejoice in this in this immensely powerful festival and the rejoicing is going into this space of knowing that this world is so fragile and I'm going to rejoice anyway I'm going to take my full self people I love with me into this sukkah and I'm going to sit there and feel that sense of of joy and completion and wholeness the other aspect of Sukkot that relates to it, about not just being in the Sukkah, but the the Torah says, um, lachem. You will take for yourselves these four species, the Arba Minim, and the four species, which are the Lulav, which is the, the palm branch, and the, 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 the fragrant uh, Hadassim, the myrtle leaves, and the Aravot, the the leaves of the Arve Nachal, the willow, and the Etrog, which is the the very fragrant uh, citrus fruit. And those four species, again, we take them in a bundle, and we hold them against our hearts, and we shake them, shake them, shake them. And those that bundle also represents the whole self, because there's a way of seeing the Lulav, which is this actual... Um, um, palm branch and it's very straight as being like our spine and our spine of course embodies our central nervous system 
and then the the etrog is seen as our heart as the human heart um, our emotional world you could say and the hadassim the myrtle branches are like our eyes the way we see and perceive this world and the willow leaves are like a mouth um, and it's how we what we say how we use how we use our words or perhaps even how we taste the world what we what we eat what we consume what we swallow and so these four ideas of, of combining the the sensory world of, of taste and sight the feeling world of our heart and the and the nervous um, the, the the central nervous world of our of our spines and the the spine being this connector in a sense between between heaven and earth and of course the the uh, the lulav is also um, you know a symbol of fertility and therefore our sexuality as well but all of it comes together it all comes together when we hold those four species against our hearts and so when we're taking those four species and going into a sukkah with our full selves it's a very powerful way of saying I'm here the world is so painful but I am here and I am ready to celebrate this this phenomenal fall festival this Chag Ha'asif this festival of ingathering a harvest festival but also a festival of ingathering all those pieces of myself and then the sukkah itself I think the first time I, I heard this was from my good friend Rabbi Gavriel Goldfetter who Fetter, who described the, the sukkah as a love shack love shack you know love shack because there's this idea that the sukkah is all chesed it's all God's chesed, all God's loving kindness. After we've survived Yom Kippur, the next act that we do is build our sukkah and then enter into our sukkah. Build, decorate, enter our sukkah. And so that sense of going into this space that is like a womb, like a womb, or some say like a chuppah, where with the the marriage, the loving relationship between us and God is is somehow uh, consummated, you could say, or um, or this womb, this this place of complete protection and safety. All of that is somehow contained in this magnificent holiday. I love Sukkot, and I remember one year. Um, Having been uh, when I was living in Israel, and I'd been um, in the in the States, or actually in Canada, for the for the high holidays for Rosh Hashanah and Yom Kippur, and I flew back into Israel on Erev Sukkot, um, right as the Intifada was was happening, and it was like it was so awful entering into this country that was kind of at war. There'd been some some very brutal um, attacks and there was a very very somber mood in the in the country a sense of, of, of uh, as Israel has had throughout history a sense of that that kind of vulnerability and uncertainty about the future and I was in a, a Sherut this shuttle that was taking me from the airport into Jerusalem as we were driving through these neighborhoods of Jerusalem seeing the the frenetic preparations for Sukkot, people um, buying uh, or gathering their their um, 
arba minim, their four speeches, the lulavim, and people smelling their etrog to make sure it had a good, a good fragrance, and you know the scurrying around, people putting together their their sukkot, and I remember that. I remember at first feeling like, how can we? We should cancel sukkot this year. It's it's crazy. How can we enter into uh, a season of joy when we're feeling so so scared and so um, concerned about the future? And I remember that night um, going into a sukkah for the first time on a friend's uh, balcony in a neighborhood of Jerusalem, and I remember feeling a sense of joy like I'd never felt before, a sense of pure, pure joy of, wow, we, we can do this, like how tradition tells us, in spite of what's going on around us, or maybe even because of what's going on around us, we have to have that holy chutzpah to, to be joyful and to celebrate our amazing rhythms in time. And so, it's coming. Uh, I'm aware that not everybody has a sukkah and some of you may not have an opportunity to sit in a sukkah but I hope that you can can find one and if you can't find a physical sukkah there's also this amazing discussion in the Talmud that Rashi brings about kavod. when we're talking about a sukkah are we actually talking about a physical structure a physical physical structure of a sukkah or are we really talking about the clouds of glory which are seen as God's protective spiritual force in this world? And so even if we're not in a physical sukkah, we can imagine ourselves in this realm of being protected somehow, somehow protected in this very, very scary world that we are protected by the Ananei Kavod, the, these clouds of glory that represent God's loving presence. So may we find presence, may we find joy, may we find, as always, a connection with each other, and may we just experience what it can mean for Samachta Bachagecha to rejoice even in these dark and scary times. Chag Sameach Vesamachta Bechagecha Veaita Ach Sameach Vesamachta Bechagecha Veaita Ach Sameach Thank you for listening to A Dash and Drush. We will see you next time.